deal going here. Rolling, bro. Yeah, okay. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores yep. brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 234, September 24th, 2019. It was 90 degrees two years ago on this day in 2017, Ooh. and 30 degrees on this day in 1942. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, rookie is showing me his phone when he reached out to Nakima Levy Pounds Armstrong. Yes. Uh, we would like to offer you some time in the Garage Logic program if you would like to discuss this past weekend's activities. Please let me know either way. Thank you, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. No, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Okay. Very just, sincere. Just so you know that we're we're making that attempt. Uh, what I would I would have loved. Uh, if she would have uh, joined us today, because I would have pointed out something. It didn't get a lot of attention in the Pioneer Press, but again, it's that Mara Gottfried who, who covers a crime beat pretty well. Mm-hmm. A man stopped breathing after he was shot in St. Paul this weekend, although officers revived him, according to the police department. The 31-year-old was in critical but stable condition after the shooting in an apartment building parking lot on the east side near the Hazel Park Rec Center. Police responded to Hazel Street between East 7th and Stillwater Avenue at 11.50 p.m. Saturday and found about 15 people surrounding a man lying on the ground, according to the police report. He was shot in the abdomen and forearm, and as officers tried to control his bleeding, he stopped breathing, the report continued. Officers gave the man CPR compressions, and he started breathing again, said Steve Linders, a St. Paul police spokesman. Paramedics took him to Region Hospital. No one has been arrested. The brother of the man who was shot told police they were hanging out by a tree and drinking beer when a man walked up, said something, and shot his brother, Linders said. Well, my point being that uh, the cops do that more than you hear. Yeah, and it was buried. So not only were they keeping constant pressure on the bleeding wound, they were doing CPR at the same mm-hmm. time. So they didn't mm-hmm. just let them sit there and flop and die. And a lot of times, I should say most times, when there's a police-involved shooting, they also administer aid yeah. right away. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yesterday we had an emailer who had a great point. We needed context in the uh, in the bird story, the decline of birds in North America. Right. And we needed to know a percentage, so I made an attempt to that. Uh, I made an attempt to find that today, and I, I spent 20 minutes— and what I could come up with is many sites from the Audubon Society and what have you, they, they're eager to give you how many species of birds we have in North America. Okay. But I could not find a count. I could not find a count. So, therefore, I still don't know if we, we, if we have, in fact, lost 3 billion birds, <laughs> I still don't know what percentage of the total bird population that is. And I also have a note from Dan who says, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you. Everyone is missing the obvious. It's windmilling by the left. And more than that, jump in your fossil fuel evil four-wheel machine that is bringing the end of the world as we know it. And soon, drive to your nearest wind farm and look at the garden below the wind turbines. There you will see where the birds have gone. Keep pushing back. Well, solar panels are also frying the birds in California. Oh, dude, just sizzling them away. They're they're flying along, and all of a sudden they're roasting. (laughs) (laughs) 
like a charred piece of bacon. What I like doing every fall, and it's going to happen here in the next four weeks, is when the big snake of blackbirds comes over. Oh, I love that. And I'll set my stopwatch, and a couple of years ago, it was 20 minutes. Really? Nonstop of blackbirds, a one big flock. They flock up before they go south. And it's the most fascinating and raucous, noisy thing you can ever watch. And it's just like a big slithering snake. It's well, amazing. That's the, uh, what did you just tweet? The, was it last week or two weeks ago? About oh, the birds? I think those were swallows that were on the uh, power poles in my farmyard. That was freaky, too. Well, they knew something. And they <laughs> up and left, and I haven't seen them since. No, since. They knew all, something. Yeah, all the swallows are gone. What uh, Rookie, why do you have that up, and what is the breaking news from the University of St. Thomas? Uh, the breaking news from the University of St. Thomas is they have uh, arrested a 20-year-old student named Ray Gansham Persaud, uh, he was uh, allegedly the one that called in the multiple threats at the school uh, from inside the school, allegedly. So we have, yeah, he, he was is in custody. commuting from his parents' home in Blaine, but then called all three buildings where he had class on those days. So yeah. we're assuming his motives were just St. Thomas is letting anybody in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And well, I'm the president also, said that he's going to be expelled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should be. I'm also keeping that up just be in case they release the video. Uh, and St. Paul Police will release, re- release the video later this afternoon. Well, isn't We're talking about the body cam video of the incident where the uh, a fellow rammed the rear end of the police car and subsequently was shot in a fight. And if the video s- seems to exonerate the officers, are you uh, expecting a protest nonetheless? Uh, yes. Really? Another one? Well, Even though we just the, had one? If the body cam, cam shows he was hit from behind, he came out with a knife and approached the police officer in uniform, and the police officer defended himself, I don't know why there can be a protest. I, I expect another protest because those involved, however peripherally, with the decline of moral and ethical integrity, don't think anything should be done about the decline of moral and ethical integrity. They think something should be done with authority. Right. Well, what did Nakima Levy Armstrong pound? She didn't care about the car. She didn't care about that part. All right, I'm the one who did not want to talk about Greta Thunberg. She's 16 years old. Uh, Throughout my history on radio and podcast, (coughs) excuse me, generally speaking, we've laid off kids. Mm -hmm. It's just a good policy, in my estimation, to lay off kids. Agreed. But I've had many thoughts about this, and it became terribly, terribly obvious to me yesterday that this is a. Ask yourself this if you had a 16 year old daughter, who was so traumatized by life that she believes she didn't have a childhood or can't have a childhood and can no longer have any dreams of the future, would you parade her around the world and put her on stage? Or no. would you try to get her some help? No, I know I know a great therapist. I'd br- bring my kid right down to my shrink. It's and so they, funny and, that you're mentioning that, Joe, because that was a discussion my wife and I had while watching the news and seeing her. My wife said, she's so freaked out. Why would those parents do that to her? Right. She she put on a performance, quite literally. Yeah. And I think it's an imp- a performance that's been embraced by her handlers. And I think that they uh, are egregious are yeah. egregious in their behavior towards this child. Uh, th- there's nothing humorous about this. Uh, uh, she's a, she's an, uh, a child and she's been so indoctrinated to be the voice of this doom that she quite clearly believes that she has no life and that she has no future. And I, I just think that that's a dreadful, dreadful way to treat a child. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I would start, if it was my child, well, I would hope if it was my child, it would not have gotten to this point. Right. But apparently her, her, her uh, parents uh, are uh, stage people, opera and uh, acting. Okay. And, and mm. this, this drama that she exhibited yesterday might uh, come uh, terribly naturally. But I've read a lot about her today, and I think a lot of people are going about her the wrong way. I think that, uh, I, I, I think that she needs to be sympathized with. I, I think she's a. I think she's in trouble, mm-hmm. uh, and emotionally in trouble, and I think she needs to be sympathized with and not mocked. Now Trump's getting a lot of grief because he he supposedly mocked her, but he did what Trump does because he's uncharitable and incapable of of real intellectual thought. So he tweeted, "She seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see." And that and then he's being taken apart for that. Uh, understandably, but the left is not being not being taken apart for their role in embracing this. They're using this child. Absolutely. They're using this child, and they couldn't find any adults to, to be panicked. But well, they can find a child to be panicked. And this is specifically being done because she's essentially bulletproof. You know, look what happened to the the Fox News commentator. He shouldn't have called her what he called her. But they found someone that's completely bulletproof, and they're using her. Now, are you referring to the you're referring to the podcaster that Fox News had on? Correct. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Katie. And that uh, what was that quote? His quote was 16 um, year old climate activist Greta Thunberg as mentally and a mentally ill Swedish child. Yeah, and, I, I and, wouldn't say that. And Fox apologized uh, and said he he will not be back on his name. Michael Knowles? Mm. I, I would consider yeah. her a terribly misguided Swedish child who, again, it, it's unthinkable to me if that was my daughter that I could, that I would, uh, that I would allow this, that I would allow mm-hmm. her to be used like this. And I read an interesting piece. Uh, is CNBC kind of a lefty uh, outfit? Or, uh, I would or, say they're left-leaning, not as well, far whatever. as CNN. I read yes. a good piece in there by Jake Novak, and it's how 16-year-old Greta Thunberg's rise could backfire on environmentalists. And the mm-hmm. basic message is that the message has now been distilled by her. The message she's carrying is that governments must do something mm-hmm. and corporations must do something. Right. And it was during her U.N. performance. It wasn't a speech. That quite literally was a very dramatic performance. It was during that uh, speech that she said, stop chasing the dollar mm-hmm. and fulfill your promises to uh, ha- give me a life. But the point is, a lot of people, when they stop to think about it, are going to reject the idea of the government doing something about it. She's completely given up on individuals doing anything about it because she thinks it's beyond their realm. And uh, as this Novak points out, the funny thing about all this is that the free market is already doing these things based on the capitalist incentives Greta and so many other activists are blaming. Yes, yes. Natural gas is cheaper and produces 50% fewer emissions than coal. Nuclear power has been modernized and made safer in recent decades while producing no emissions. For-profit entities like a company called Carbon Engineering are working on machines that literally suck carbon emissions out of the atmosphere. Each of these innovations has enjoyed some level of government support here and there, but raw capitalistic profit motives are the primary driver. Right. And, and I would sit down with, if she was my daughter, I would, I would try to have this talk with her. Your life's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Hers is not going to be all. Well, that's, I'm, I'm, that's convinced, I'm convinced that she's, she's been sold this bill of goods since the age of reason. 
And she she quite literally believes she's had no childhood because she's so fraught with this anxiety. Now, I would also sit down and talk to her about this. Climate scientists write to the UN, there is no climate emergency, which reminds me to point out this nonsense about 90% of all scientists have reached consensus. Well, if it's 99% and they've reached consensus, that means 1% haven't. Right. If you haven't reached con- uh, consensus in science, you don't have a consensus. You're still arguing. Yeah. You have not reached consensus. Right. Right. A group of 500 esteemed scientists and professionals in climate science, uh, science have officially, I would read this to Greta or make her aware of it, have officially notified the UN that there is no climate crisis and that spending trillions on a non problem is cruel and imprudent. This letter will not make it into national or global media, nor will it cause the UN to change its ways. If these same scientists understood technocracy, technocracy, they would change their strategy through a website called Technocracy. Professor Gus Burkhout, The Hague, uh, writing to Sir Antonio Guterres, Secretary General of the United Nations. Uh, Ms. Patricia Espinoza Cantalano, Executive Secretary of the United Nations Framework Convention on uh, Climate Change. He also addressed her. Your Excellencies, there is no climate emergency. A global network of more than 500 knowledgeable and experienced scientists and professionals in climate and related fields have the honor to address your excellencies, the attached European Climate Declaration, for which the signatories to this letter are the national ambassadors. The general circulation models of climate on which international policy is at present founded are unfit. Therefore, it is cruel as well as imprudent to advocate the squandering of trillions of dollars on the basis of results from such immature models. Current climate policies pointlessly, grievously, grievously undermine the economic system, which is the goal of this movement, putting lives at risk in countries denied access to affordable, continuous electric power. We urge you to follow a climate policy based on sound science, realistic economics, and genuine concern for those harmed by costly but unnecessary attempts at mitigation. We also invite you to organize with us a constructive high-level meeting between world-class scientists on both sides of the debate. The meeting will give effect to the sound and ancient principle no less of sound science than of natural justice that both sides would be fully and fairly heard. Please let us know your thoughts. Uh, It's signed by uh, Professor uh, Gus Burkhout, the Netherlands, Professor Richard Lindzen, USA, Professor Ronald Duberger, France, uh, Professor Ingemar Norden, Sweden, uh, Tony Dunlevy, New Zealand, Jim O'Brien, uh, Republic of Ireland, Professor Alberto Presdenisi, uh, Italy, another Canadian, uh, Morten Jadal, Norway, Professor Fritz Varenholt, Germany, Rob Lemire, Belgium, the Viscount Moncton of Benchley, UK, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm buying what they're saying. There is no, there is no immediate crisis. Emergency. But I'm not going to be opposed to both sides getting together and saying, "Well, we're here's here's a problem we should worry about. Here's a problem we don't need to worry about." Uh, but this hysteria now placed solely on the shoulders of a child <laughs> is untenable. There is no consensus. I, I would hope that would comfort her, and there's to some degree. There's been no consensus for. Hundreds of years, I went down the wormhole this morning uh, on a website called Science Daily, and they were discussing the effects on trees and grassland on the environment and the <laughs> and everything 
back to before this was a country. I mean, this started in Europe, and it was a big topic for with Thomas Jefferson and John Adams mm-hmm. and the settling of the West and plowing the prairie leads to rainfall. And this has been going on and on and on for years, both global warming and global cooling. And there is no consensus as far as I could find this morning. Half of voters under 35 believe it is somewhat likely that the earth will end in the next decade. Really? (laughs) Half. The poll also highlights a connection between hyperbolic climate change rhetoric and a push by some Democrats towards socialism. 28% of the 18 to 34 demographic surveyed believe capitalism must be eliminated in order to protect the environmental apocalypse. I have told you till I'm blue in the face, this movement has nothing to do with the environment. Climate activists and Democratic politicians have suggested that it is immoral to have children if the world is going to be uninhabitable in the foreseeable future, which is why 33% of the 18 to 34 voting group favors government limits on the number of children oh, that, a family can oh, have. Oh, that's alarming. Oh. Overall, however, climate panic is not catching on. For example, 71% of voters as a whole find it unlikely that mass extinction will occur within the next 15, 10 to 15 years. I'm in that group. Yeah. I find it unlikely. It's almost like the, uh, was it the, the guy that responded to the Atlantic uh, crackpot? We don't anticipate that, right. sir. Yeah. Listen to this one. <laughs> Voters in urban areas, closest to the country's tallest buildings, are more likely than those in rural or suburban areas to believe that the human race is nearing the end of its run. And senior citizen voters who have seen numerous unfulfilled apocalypse predictions are not particularly phased by this newest panic. Only 12% think extinction in 10 to 15 years is somewhat uh, somewhat, uh, likely. Uh, older people are more likely to brush away this. And for some reason, a bunch of people believe that the Mayan calendar predicted the end of the world on December 21st, 2012. As it turned out, the only way we uh, ended up getting around that date was a second term for Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Such, can you imagine today's kids facing the Dust Bowl? No. Oh, my goodness. Where entire lakes, even as far north as the Midwest here, entire lakes were dry. Mm. Farmers were planting crops in lake beds. But Greta is now the face for these people. Greta is their credible source for believing that the world's going to end. You know, there, I looked it up because I, I remember reading about them. There was a religion called the, uh, called the Millerites in upstate New York. They, uh, they were the followers and teachings of William Miller, who in 1833 shared publicly his belief that the second advent of Jesus Christ would occur in roughly the years 1843 to 1844. Uh, Coming during the Second Great Awakening, his beliefs were taken as predictions spread widely and were believed by many, uh, leading to the great disappointment that it didn't happen. They're called Millerites. They believed the world was going to end. Okay. They didn't believe the world was going to end because you had an SUV. He he came up with another reason to believe the world was going to end. Miller was a prosperous farmer a Baptist lay preacher and student of the Bible living in northeastern New York. He spent years of intensive study of symbolic meaning of the prophecies of Daniel, especially Daniel 8, 14, unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed, a 2,300-day prophecy. Miller believed that the cleansing of the sanctuary represented the earth's destruction by fire uh, at Christ's second coming. Using the second, using the year-day method of prophetic interpretation, Miller became convinced that the 2300-day period started in 457 B.C. with the decree to rebuild Jerusalem. Simple calculation that indicated that this period would end about 1843. In September 1822, Miller formally stated his conclusions 
In a 20-point document, including Article 15, I believe that the second coming of Jesus Christ is near, even at the door, even within 21 years or before 1843. And these Millerites followed him around and, you know, jumped up and down and thought the end is near, and uh, that, that did not happen. Again, he did not believe the end was near because of climate. But my point is, my point is, throughout the millennia, you can probably find many, many periods of people predicting the end of the world. Sure. I think I know what his sales pitch was, too, as a prosperous farmer. He said, the world's going to end, so let me buy your land. And just kept going <laughs> through the entire state of New York doing <laughs> they that. Were Millerites. Right. They were Millerites. For all I know, I didn't go that far. Does Millerism still exist? Do Millerites still exist? Uh, well, I think the threat has passed for them. No, I think it? they are Miller Lights. Consume you could, 12 you, you ounces just, at a time. You just be quiet. Okay. Just, just be quiet before I wring your neck. <laughs> what I find astounding is the amount of parents here in the in the United States that have allowed their kids to jump on board with Greta. Yesterday, trending on Twitter was a couple of shots of youngsters, 16, 15, 14-year-olds, uh, standing in line with Greta Thunberg. So uh, her parents are not the only people guilty of, of what you've said here this morning, Joe. I this mean, is a desire by people who are embedded in the mystery, whether they know it or not, to undo capitalism because they're not benefiting from it, nor do they think uh, that it's been fair that others do. But you made a remarkably, a really good point. Capitalism is 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 what's going to save us right. here. I mean, look what Toyota's done with the Prius, and then Chevy jumped on board, and everybody's making electric cars, and that's... That's where it's going. Mm -hmm. And her, Greta, saying that we're evil for following and thinking about money, well, she's 100% wrong. Absolutely. Money is what's going to save this. Absolutely. A final note on this. Uh, I will tell you that the Millerites, it is out of this third Millerite group. I think I'm going to join the Millerites. That Seventh-day Adventist church arose. Oh, really? So they might be the current uh, Millerites. I'll be darned. Three times removed. How many wives do they get? Uh, It does not say that. (laughs) Because I only want one. (laughs) One's enough. One's enough. Uh, Tim sends me this. A picture is worth a thousand words. This is incredible. Four-time magazine covers. Wartime magazine covers. These that. are real. I verified this. The big freeze. Well, no, the big... I want to read it. Oh. Let me see this, he says. Look here. <laughs> Look here. Uh, 1973, The Big Freeze. Okay. And it's a guy with a cigar all cloaked up in the cold. 1977, The Big Freeze. 2001, Global Warming showing an egg frying in a pan. <laughs> and 2006, Official special report on global warming. Be worried. Be very worried. This has been around a long time. The movement to you know what it is. The movement to undo capitalism has been around a long time. When capitalism has proven to free more people from hardship than any other system ever invented. That's this has nothing to do with what the temperature is supposed to be. Nothing. But they don't realize, uh, the Greta Thunbergs of the world don't realize that. And there's no way you're going to tell them otherwise. The Greta Thunbergs of the world are, again, they're embedded in the mystery whether they know it or not. Yeah, and I, I happen to think this particular poor child is, is, uh, is being treated horribly. Let's just hear from No, they're, I don't want to, no, Matt. No, they're being duped. To. Yeah. They're suckers. 
But, but for her parents to have allowed this to fester within her during the first signs of this, right. uh, I'm leaping into action if it's my kid. I don't know what I'm going to do, well, but I'm going to I'm gonna go to the end of the world sure. to find out. And for the politicians running to hide or to, to champion this cause, it's it's really shameful. Oh, and, and the, you know, CNN editorial, what a message she sent. It's all so positive. Positive? It's the most negative, uh, horrific, traumatized message any child it's, could ever be taught she, or she, absorbed. She's a doomsayer. It, it's just sad. She needs a hug. But to go through. I'm not a hugger. You're I'd hug a hug her. I'll you, give her a hug. Give her a hug? I'm going to give her a hug and say, honey. Sit down with the old mayor for a while. I got some stuff to tell you. It's going to be all right. Yeah, you're going to be okay. Tell her about the birds. Everything's going to be all right. right. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Is that right? That's just a shame. It's just an absolute shame. But The intenseness that she has is what freaked me out when she, she, truly, she, she truly believes that. And whatever her parental or family life is... Shame on them for scaring the crap out of her. I'm not saying that she is, but this is tantamount or very analogous to her being a sideshow freak. And I'm not suggesting that she's a freak. No, I know what you're nor saying. Nor I'm uh, suggesting that she's a, a sideshow, but she is being used. You were talking about, you know, why are people buying this and why do people keep falling in line with this? This uh, surfaced uh, over social media over the weekend, mm-hmm. and it's just labeled warning the Democrats are off their meds again. We're not here to talk about our sacrifices oh, and one. our doom and gloom and not existing. We are here to create. Yeah. I retweeted this myself. We are creating this movement every day because every day of inaction drives more action from us. Who is that, by the way? No idea. Just, just some kid. Just a rando. Just a rando. Mom and Dad meet Cindy. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's no go zone. Shut up. So, what are we supposed to do, Such? I mean, we hammer on this every day, you know, and our deal is pushing back. But seriously, well, what what I'm doing, what I'm doing, like we're wasting our time. What I'm doing about it today is yesterday I said, let's lay off Greta. But then upon reading everything yesterday and witnessing her, her performance at the UN, it's important for people to understand that she has been used by inattentive parents who apparently are uncaring about her. And now I'll, tr- I'll try again tomorrow to leave her alone. Because I think she needs some, some counseling. You mentioned the stage aspect of her parents' background. You don't suppose that they're doing this in the hopes of seeking fame on her behalf, do I, you? I, I doubt it. I don't know. I don't well, let know. her cross the Atlantic in a sailboat? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little drastic. I wouldn't let my 16-year-old do that. I'd let mine go with the uh, rulers of Monaco and their super yacht. I'd love okay. them. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's not going for fun. They're going for the business of scaring the hell out of everybody else. Have we determined yet? Well, it's not important, Kenny. You're right. Have, well, have we I, determined yet how she's going to get home? <laughs> Is but, she going to fly? I, I mean, like I said, off the air to you, I spent hours reading scientific papers this morning, and all they said was, the consensus I got was that we've been arguing about this forever, and there's a whole bunch of different reasons. And I feel like I've wasted an entire morning reading this stuff. And to what point? I mean, how am I going to use this to push back? How, how are normal GLers that don't have access to a microphone or a dais somewhere, 
how are they how are we supposed to push back other than with our vote uh, or yeah, a vote presumably for sane candidates for candidates who believe in America and believe in capitalism and believe in the free market and believe in the free marketplace of ideas and revere and husband the traditions uh, and history of this country and not let it not let it be taken from us and that's going to require better people to run for office which is what we've been saying which you've been saying for years and i i do my own recruiting to no avail yeah what if the president steps up and says i'll fly her home on air force one wouldn't that be hilarious? Well, first of all, she wouldn't oh, accept that. Right. No. Well, no, but just just to make the to extend the offer, I think that'd be great if the president did that. Well, olive branch. You know, his tweet was bound to get him in trouble, and it should have. He's a moron, but but he 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 could have gone a long way pushing back with the right tweet and saying, I I uh, sympathize with young Greta, and I uh, I uh, would hope that parents would not allow their children to be used in such a manner. and But coming from him, I suppose at this point it would have been disingenuous. It, yeah, nothing, nothing would be... They would, they would take anything he puts out there and, and run with it. Well, I personally believe the world's going to go on uh, to the point where I would never tell her this. But I'd even upgrade the CP's diamond. That's how confident wow. I am. That's how there confident I am. Confidence that the, the world's. I'm not telling her that. Capital C. But at RF Moeller, they're having their exceptional diamond event in the Edina store only Thursday. That's uh, September 26th coming up through Saturday, September 28th. All diamonds and diamond jewelry are going to be 10 to 15 percent. I'm sorry, that's better than that. 10 to 50 percent off. Woo! They take trade-ins on diamonds purchased from R.F. Moeller and other jewelers, so it's a great opportunity to upgrade her diamond to a larger stone. This year, they're also having a sketch artist on site who can help you design a custom piece of jewelry. These Moeller events don't happen often. They don't need to because it's a, it's a great place to shop all year round. So take advantage of this while you can. Visit them at 50th in France in Edina, Thursday, September 26th, through Saturday, September 28th. The other stores, of course, are at Ford and Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or rfmoller.com. But the exceptional diamond event is at 50th in France, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Okay, I've got a question for you, Such. What's going to happen to the left and to this movement 
when Trump wins next year because he is going to win. What's going to happen? Where are we headed as a country? Well, first of all, I don't know that he's going to win. And you're, this is coming to you from someone who's terribly politically lonely. Because I, I, uh, I, I can't vote for any of these Democratic crackpots. Maybe Amy. Maybe Amy I could if she continues to try to go to the center. But I don't have the answer to that except I see, uh, uh, unfortunately, I would see fighting in the streets. Civil unrest, yep. a la this country during Nixon's presidency yep. and the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Do you feel we're at that point right now? Or, or do you think the situation now is worse than the fighting in the streets that we saw in the early 70s? The fighting in the streets in the early 70s had a topic. It had a subject matter, yeah. the war in Vietnam. Yeah, it did. This, these, the, the, the divide now has no defining dynamic. Uh we watched yesterday the video from Campus Reform of the St. Olaf kids marching downtown, and when they saw the camera, they just said, bleep conservatives. It's yeah. just the, the whole idea of being conservative. Uh, the, the divide now is between liberals and conservatives. My concern is that I can be as liberal as the next guy. These aren't liberals. These are mysterians. These are people trying to undo Everything I know to be traditional so, in this country. So they're not necessarily anti-government. They're anti-conservative, anti-corporate, anti-capitalism. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're mysterians. And I don't think they know what they're rooting for. And so do you feel that this is going to go off the rails and this country is going to go berserk if Trump does, in fact, win next year? Sometimes I think, uh, I don't even know if the use of the word inertia is correct, but to me, inertia means what? Uh, unstoppable movement? Yeah. Is that, a, is that one remain, way to say yeah, it? Yeah. To remain unchanged. Well, but the great inertia of this country is the, is the greater, the vast majority of the people in this country are not the ones marching into downtown Northfield to say, bleep you. The vast majority of the people in the country are still going about their American are lives. At work. They're working. They're sending kids to school. They're going camping on weekends. Every time I see these beautiful overhead shots of a summer day uh, in Chesapeake Bay, for example, and you see all the boats out there, or uh, just recently I've been looking at aerial shots of a great boating event up in Alexandria Bay mm-hmm. every year, and I look at this, or you go up to Gull Lake and look at the people, and I think, how could this stop? How could you end this? Right. Well, I guess you'd end it by, by eliminating the use of fossil fuels. But we're not, that inertia will prevent that. I believe you're right. Inertia will prevent that. And I think the 18 to 30-year-old voter, and I'm going to generalize here a little bit, but the They average, think the world's going to end. Not only that, but they've been emboldened now by, by social media, by channels, because they think that they have their own platform now that didn't exist 15 to 20 years ago, which is really dangerous. But how could you, in your right mind, as a, as a 20-year-old think the earth is going to end think that we're well, done what's, you, you should know the answer to that having attended the university of garage logic albeit poorly uh and your grades are not very good but you should know the answer to that <laughs> d plus the academy's failed they're not getting a balanced education right but even even so the the 
this big ball that we live on yep. is basically not capable of implosion unless the sun blows up or sends us a huge meteorite. It, we can't screw this up. This is, I'm not saying we're big. The earth is, we can't screw it up. Well, you're not, I think, but, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to try to interpret for you. Okay. Uh, I think what you're trying to say is global warming uh, is so problematic and, and so quite probably non-existent in terms of it being catastrophic that that isn't going to bring about the end of the world. Nuclear warfare could. Right. Uh, a meteorite yeah, crash, uh, the great volcano in Yellowstone could, uh, massive earthquakes could, uh, but other than that, I don't think man's capable of, of destroying the earth. Do you think we're capable of, uh, I guess in their terms, saving it, turning it around? What needs to be saved? It? No, see, because I don't think it needs to be saved. Yeah. I think we need to be wise. I think yeah. you need to, uh, I buy a lot of stuff. I'm a, I'm a champion recycler. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You're pro-planting trees. You're I, pro I, I, so taking care of the environment. If we were to, I'm a last dropper. If last we were drop. to go ask the young lady the clip we played where she's being hysterical on stage with a microphone saying we need to take action and all this action is going to cause reaction, whatever, right. the, whatever the hell she said. She doesn't know what she's saying. What does she want to be done? Well, they none of them know. None of the kids know, but I think their handlers know. Their handlers are the ones like uh, AOC's guy, that chakra body, yep. who, who said, no, man, we didn't look at this as an environmental thing. This was an economic thing. The, what their handlers want is a retooling of the way America works so that uh, uh, no one becomes uh, terribly wealthy anymore without redistributing it. And here's what I love. All of these kids that all believe this and are against capitalism all got an iPhone. All, you know, right. they have the top. Where do you think you that what, all came from? You know from? what it is, too? None of these kids have ever experienced hardship. No. We're a terribly spoiled country. In fact, I bet none of them have worked up until this point at a job. Well, should I repeat how many times? Where was I? Oh, going to Northfield. Mechanics wanted, mechanics wanted, mechanics wanted. Yep. You go by a trucking firm. Drivers and mechanics wanted. Excavation firm. We're hiring. So back to my point, post-election, December of 2020, election's over with. Is the thought, am I being absurd when I think civil war? No, you're and not. How, how no, could, you're not. How could we possibly have a civil war with no boundaries? Right. right. I, mean, I mean, are you familiar with Quantrill's Raiders from the Civil War? A sure. bunch of guys from uh, the Kansas area right. that took it upon themselves to just continue yeah. the Civil War and yeah. go around killing people? Yeah. I mean, are we that far removed from that? Is that what's going to happen? What's this group that, uh, that's been beating up journalists? Uh, Antifa. Yeah. Are Antifa. they are they today's version of yes. Quantrill's Raiders? Yes, yes. So that's that's some serious doom and gloom. You know what we're seeing though, too. I just Ew. had a thought. Whether it's these kids at Northfield rallying on Climate Strike Day, whether it's the the the, the thugs downtown beating the guy up over his cell phone, what's the common link here? And all decline of, this? of moral and ethical integrity. More so than that, jobs. Mm-hmm. None of them work. They're terrified of having to work. A $15 an hour wage, I want that so I can flip burgers at a fast food joint. I don't want to go get a trade job. I don't want to work 50 hours a week. My kid was in um, a tech school for less than a year, and he's making 
twice that right, right now. And when he works uh, overtime, it's double yeah. that. I mean, he's doing almost $60 an hour. But he had a job through high school. And he's 19. Yeah. Here's another rhetorical question. What has happened that has caused young people to stop being aware of all that's good around them? Boom, right there. What has stopped young people from being thankful for the blessings they've received? whether it be their iPhone, improvement in technology, improvement in medicine, Uh, improvement in fuel-efficient transportation, improvement in housing, improvement in longevity, improvement in uh, smokestack emissions, improvement in everything across the board. What has caused young people to turn away from the acknowledgement of how great this place really is? What has happened to bring about the very idea that they would entertain doom when all around you is not doom? All around you is prosperity. All around you is opportunity. All around you is the chance to achieve. All around you. What the hell happened? Why are they envious and why do they want to kill capitalism instead of being on the other side and saying, I want that big house in the lake. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to work for it. You're right. What has caused that? I don't know. They're pessimists. They don't why, want the though? big house on the lake because we're, we're they'd why. have to work too hard. But like Spoiled. Re- They're but, spoiled. But like Chris said, I, I mean, is it because everything has been handed to them? Yes. Is we're it, too spoiled. Like is it because said, the $700 iPhone has just been handed to them instead of them having to go out yes. and work for it? <laughs> yes. Not only is that, they don't want seven. They want the 10 or 11. Every year when it comes out, or every two years, they want the latest. When I was a kid, I, I my first truck was, I bought it at 15, and I bought it with my own money. Yeah, and that's how... I never bought a vehicle without it being my own money. Right. My old man never lent me any money. I remember one time he came up and kicked the bed. That's how he woke people up. <laughs> if He'd kick the end of the bed, and you'd, yeah. you'd get up, and he'd say, here's a letter from a bank... Because you're overdrawn on your checking account, take care of it today. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly, exactly. I was seventeen or eighteen, had a checking account. I don't know why I had a checking account because I didn't know how the hell to use it. Oh, you just write checks. Math. Yeah. You just write checks yeah, till they're gone. My kid's first car. He was he had the cash in hand and he was going to buy it. And we did the fun thing. We bought it for him and said, "Keep your money. You're going to need it for insurance." Right. But he was perf- He was ready. He was ready to write. You know. And you're right. That's what's lacking. What in the hell happened? This is a new. This is a new. This is a new dynamic in the mystery. What the hell happened to bring about this ready acceptance of only the gloom, and the and the rejection of the goodness? What the hell happened? The Joe Sushi really Happy Together campaign. Yeah. Really. Depressing. But you're right. You're absolutely right. And when you're right, nope. you're right. No. Nope. And you, you're always right. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got the reference, Matt. We just weren't impressed. That's all. I got you. This is very um, depressing. This is heavy. Very heavy. We get emails from young GLers all the time. All the time. That that are happy and, and they're they're not buying into the gloom and they're they're, oh, they're moles, working. They're moles for us at failed academies yep. and they're. Uh, 
they're uh, they're they have their heads on straight and they're walking the straight and narrow. I mean, they're they're sure they're out there, and that's part of the inertia that might prevent us from co- complete destruction. The inertia of just there's so many of us that uh, I, I think it'll be a very hard task to to ruin the country. I think it'll be a very hard task because it's there's way too many people that are still at the center than are on the outer fringes. On I, both sides. I, I hope so. Yeah. I think so. I, I believe you're right. I think so. Right. You're not the only one that's politically lonely, so it's... No, I know. I know. I'm so lonely I could cry. <laughs> I've been watching that Ken Burns country music series. It was good last night. Yeah. I had no idea that Chris Christopherson was that... Oh, yeah. Valedictorious. Oh, He's yeah. coming to town. Yeah. He's Get coming him on to a town. show. He's amazing. Uh, he has such a helicopter pilot. Really cool yeah. resume. Yeah. Uh, the army liked him so much. They he volunteered to go to Vietnam. They said we need you to teach at West Point. Yeah. All right, we'll try to get him on. And yeah. Then his mom wrote him out of the home. Unbelievable. Isn't that something? Unbelievable. And when they they showed that letter to Johnny Cash, and Johnny said to Chris. Always nice to get a letter from home, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> and it was a letter that Chris Christopherson's mother said, you've, you've, you've embarrassed the family by choosing this musical route. You could have had a stellar career in the military and gone on to be a four-star general and on and on and on. And uh, I knew there was love between Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. I just didn't realize the depth yeah, of yeah. that love. Yeah. And Bob Dylan calls, or called Johnny Cash the North Star. Yeah. He, he's the one you guide your ship by. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what I like about this uh, series by Burns is that it's essentially, it, it's beginning to end that now because we're getting into a more modern era, but essentially it was the history of AM radio in this country. Yeah. I did not know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I urge, I urge this guy to listen, watch it. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right, because they talk about that extensively through the 30s, Mm -hmm. uh, late 20s and 30s. If KOAG could break your song, you'd, you know, bomb on KSTP was part of that. Sure. 50,000 watt Didn't KSTP have something called the Saturday Night Barn Dance? Sure did. I believe so. Probably a poor man's Grand Old Opry. (laughs) But that's it. All the 50K stations did around the Midwest. St. Louis, Chicago, uh, Philly, and then it went out west, Denver. Kansas, they all had them, and that's where those guys would go on on during the week. They'd hop in the station wagon and fly up to Minnesota and be back at the Opry on Saturday. I'm having a deep thought. What? what came up during this year of podcasts where we realized that America was losing the common denominators that once held us together? Uh, baseball was one. Uh, certain. Television shows, were, no matter your political leanings, you would always watch I Love Lucy. Yeah. No matter what your leanings were, you would always be rooting for your baseball team. Right. Uh, we pe- all gathered around, believe it or not, and you might laugh, hee-haw. Yep, yep. That was a national treasure. <laughs> that, no, I'm serious, Matt, that even black folks loved hee-haw. Mm-hmm. But America has really lost those benchmarks. That It was D-Day. That held us together. It was D-Day. D-Day. It was, that's oh, what's, we were talking about on D-Day? That's what started the conversation. And there's a great book. Uh, the author escapes me. Look it up, Rook, when I give you the title. The book is called Bowling Alone. Uh, and it's a look at this. It's a look at the disintegration of the once common things that all Americans shared. Going to church. Putnam. Robert Putnam. 
Rob, uh, going to church was mm-hmm. one. Because mm-hmm. wonder- we were wondering aloud, we were celebrating the 75th anniversary, and we were wondering if there was going to even be a 100th anniversary. Here, here's a change for you. It used to be when I was younger, if you got a new car, the first thing you did is pile everybody in it and go show it to as many people as possible. Absolutely. And now when you get a new car, you got to worry about your neighbor's reactions if you bought the right kind. Right. There's a change for you in America. Right. Or even Boy. if even if people valued that any that anymore. Oh, they do. No, Such has got a great point. Big trucks like mine, farm truck. How do you think that plays in my alley? True, doesn't play well in the urban area, Ooh. but up at your place, it's typical. It's small. Yeah. Hey, what you doing in the girl truck, Kenny? <laughs> but we used to pile into that thing, get that new car smell, and you'd have to stop at every friend yep. and relative, Courtney and they'd brothers. come out and look at it and go, "Nice car." Now you got to look around and sneak it in the garage and hope nobody complains. You must be making big money, yeah. huh? No, no, no. I got a good deal. Yeah. Putnam <laughs> notes the loss in membership and number of volunteers in civic organizations, Knights of Columbus, uh, Parent-Teacher Association, Federation of Women's Clubs, League of Women Voters, Boy Scouts, Red Cross, Lions Clubs, etc. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, but the, I think the title came from you used to bowl on teams together. Oh, yeah. And then you ended up kind of just bowling alone. Yes, Putnam uses bowling as an example. Although the number of people who bowl has increased in the last 20 years, the number of people who bowl in leagues has decreased. Yeah. When I met the CP, uh, bowling leagues were a strong thread in her family. Hmm. Yeah. I don't even know anybody anymore who bowls. Lori from Lori and Julia. She's the only person I know that bowls. Long, er- the tall one? The tall one, yeah. Weekly, she's on a league. But you're right. We had a five, six-lane uh, bowling alley in my town, and it was literally, it was the heart of the community. You know, Reavers, I, I hate to say this because I don't want you to start blabbering like an idiot. <laughs> but but one thing that's still one thing that's still holding together as an American convention is town ball. Oh yes. Town ball. That's enough. Thanks. That's it. I don't want to hear any more. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Do you have any stories? Town ball. Well and I'll I'll back you up. The last two state tournaments have been the most uh attended in the last thirty years. Yeah. Because th- that's how popular it that's is. That's the only thing that has remained unchanged in my life up north. I still don't mm-hmm. go to the town ball games because I'll run into people I don't want to talk to. Okay, <laughs> it's it, it's, turn, it's, it's turned unchanged. into the part of the part of the family fabric. Though. Okay, yeah. what in Minnesota still binds us together, no matter what our ideologies might be? The, the state lake. fair, yeah, the lakes up the, north. Going to the lake, town ball. Uh, Help me. I, I would say going to the apple orchard. Going to the orchard in the fall. Uh, it, for me, it's just the seasons. Uh, every, in the spring, everybody's out putting the crop in. in the leaf, fall. leaf turning colors. Watching foliage. 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 <laughs> Watch leaves die. Where do you go to see some good foliage? It comes to you. But, what is that Gaffigan? Yeah. Is it, you, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the beans drying out, and then the, it, the I just started seeing warnings from MnDOT. Watch out for the harvest. The harvest is going to be starting here pretty soon. The beans and the corn and everything's coming off. Now but, extend this observation to nationally. What nationally still binds this country together? What nationally? Sports. sports. Yeah, sports. If if your town or if your 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 team is, I can't come up with anything other than sports, Such. It's not politics because that divides. What about the Fourth of July? 
Is that still strong enough, even though St. Paul's mayor canceled no, fireworks? I, I, no, interestingly enough, no, I think, there are, I think there are divides that have crept into the 4th of July. Yeah. I think there's derision that's crept into the celebration of the 4th of July. But but for GLers, of course, it's binding. Well, it's the and best most day of us, the year. most of us are GLers. Yes, I would I would venture to say the um, agno- nationally acknowledgement of veterans. I think our, our veterans. I, I doubt if a lot of lefties are acknowledging veterans. Really? We, talked, we talked about it in early September. The, the the last time we were close was September eleventh, two thousand one. Uh, and we've just been growing further and further apart since. Going to church used to be, be a national a huge deal phenomenon. You guys on Saturday night, the rest of us Sunday mornings. Oh, that early! It's nice to have that early one in on Saturday night, isn't it? Well, they didn't have that when I was a kid. We never had Saturday. No mass. anticipation mass. No, no. Hell, I'm so old you couldn't eat meat for 24. I couldn't eat. If you're going you to communion, one hour before. Yeah. Then they made it one hour before, and then they finally said, "All the hell with it." Oh, yeah. Then you eat whatever that, you want. You'd go into that nativity rectory, and Father Landed would have those sausages cooked, and oh, you yeah. could smell it. it. Was like, "Are you torturing me?" Um. What is, what event is there? What what event is there in America where me and that girl screaming about climate change are on the same are side. on the same page? Wow. Isn't it? Isn't it, that a neat question? It's not the national anthem. Well, what the, the sad no, it's part, not the anthem. The sad part is, look at how we have to strain to find to that. find it. That should be there. Should be five things that that everybody can come together on. Dare I say Christmas? I was going to say that, but you can't. That You're doesn't. Right. There's there's too We're much. Christmas divide. has become too religious for people. And the oddly, the odd thing is, it's not the Jews that said we don't want any Christmas. We don't want any. No, I'm just saying. The Jews. What the no, hell well, do the Jews well, have I'm to do with it? I'm saying in school and things like that, the Jews and the Catholics, <laughs> Christmas and Christmas pageants were were virtually untouched. Bernie, are it's, you and the family going to celebrate Christmas this year? Sometimes we like presents. <laughs> I like to give and get. More fun to receive. What can me and that crazy girl, and she can call me crazy too, what can crazy, crazy Joe and that crazy girl, what would... Unite us. What would we share in common? Town ball. <laughs> no. I can't see her at a town ball game. No, it's God, not cars. No, not cars. cars. Used to cars used to unite hey, the country. Used to go to your, used to it's, show off the new car. It's state fair like events. Yeah, I was astounded by. Dare I use the word diversity? But there was every kind of walk of life you can possibly yep. imagine. The state, the state fair, fair in this state still is is that same paradigm. From, unifying from religion to color to nationality to income, every kind of different diversity thing was um, was represented at the state fair, and we all seemed to get along pretty well. Tell that last night when we had a little bit of a shooting. Yeah, at least it waited till after. She was shut down by then. You know who's inspired this conversation? Oh. Greta Thunberg. Yeah. We wow. started the show with her, the realization that she's... Is she bringing us together? She's being manipulated. She's not bringing and us she together. And she needs a hug. Hmm. Boy, I think we all could use a hug. I'm not hugging you. Right. I'm not hugging anybody in this room. Come on, Brian. Nope. Throw her up. Nope. Let's go. Get over here, town ball boy. <laughs> give on, give your daddy a hug. <laughs> That's amazing that we have to strain, and we still can't find anything. 
I was going to say the Indy 500, but that's... No, God, I was no. going to say Kentucky Derby. No, no. Uh, that's all... F- it's I, too elitist. The Kentucky Derby's uh, too elitist. The Olympics, nice. maybe? Uh, yes, yes, yes. The Olympics, uh, we all root for USA. Yeah, I'll give you the Olympics. That's sports, though. And it's once every four years. Yeah. Well, no, now it's once every two, isn't it? Well, they, they with the winter keep rotating the, them. The winter and the summer. That'll end soon because there won't be any winter anymore. True. I do not love curling. I mean, that brings us together. When that Canadian gal was curling. And the husband. We've got to think of something that isn't sports. Okay. And the only thing we've come up with in Minnesota is the fair. <laughs> Education is out. The automobile Church is, is out. out. Church is out. Common television shows are out. Yep. Common radio shows are out. Except the GL podcast. Do you think a musical group will ever come come along again like the Beatles? Nope. To to completely uh, be embraced by virtually the entire society, I suppose, except grumbling parents who thought it was uh, raucous and uh, over-the-top music. And when you look back on it, it was some of the most innocent stuff you could ever imagine compared to the absolute crap that's out there today. And that's why that can't happen. It won't happen. Because there's, there, well, that and there's too many critics in the world. I mm-hmm. just Googled this, and uh, believe it or not, MinPost had a piece in uh, 2016 by Mary Stanick. And uh, if you go to the Google, you'll see other... What holds this country together? Understanding society from 2008, and there's more articles from 2016. Um, some of the quotes I'm just seeing on the Google pages are saying that people really had a hard time coming up with something. Uh, a lot of people are, are are saying actors or actresses, John Wayne, Marilyn Monroe. Um, are there any? Okay, and they're, they're all gone. Right. Uh, so... Kardashians. Nah, oh, please, work. God in heaven. Doesn't work for me. Movies? No, it doesn't work for me. Is there any celebrities that bind us together? I can't th- uh, I'm so anti-celebrity, I can't think of any. I can think of one. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah, and we had that discussion. Okay. I can think of one. What was that discussion we had? Um, Mr. Rogers. Most loved uh, actor. Celebrity. Yeah. What about on the female side? Is there anyone that's... I got another one on the male side, sorry. Bill Murray. It's hard to hate Bill Murray. Everybody loves Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Except Augie. <laughs> really? Yeah, was Augie yeah, not that's... a Bill Murray guy? Oh, Bill Murray was mean to Augie. Oh, I didn't know oh, this story. Yeah, yeah. He Here's dressed one him from down. Uh, Chicago Tribune. What binds a nation of immigrants together? This has been roundly discussed. I'll uh, tell you another example, Kenny, Rook, and Matt uh, uh, Reeves. Uh Newspaper columnists used to be enjoyed for their writing, for their entertainment value, no matter what they wrote about. Mike Royko Royko might have been the last of those. Now, no matter how good a column you write, you're not judged by the quality of your literature. You're judged by what topic you wrote about. subject matter, right. So half half of your readership is going to hate you, no matter if you wrote that, say, you drove Mother the garbage Teresa truck. is a saint. Okay. And the other half's going to love it. But columns used to be liked and looked forward to as a means of entertainment and relaxation for the newspaper reader. That's that's gone. That's completely gone. Yeah, you're right. Food? No. No, because people are saying you you can't eat meat and you have to have no, a, you got politicians. a whopper that's made of a plant. Yeah, the politicians saying that we got to get rid of red meat. Wow. Food you used mean to... the ones that f- cook 10,500 yeah. steaks in Iowa? Those same ones. Oh. 
By the way, I know a, I know how a Democratic candidate could vault themselves into the forefront, huh. learning how to dance. <laughs> yeah, Amy did a bad job. Amy, Poor Amy, thing. Amy, you got that bad Iron Range mood, baby. <laughs> she has to go back and watch my dance from yesterday on Twitter. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. She did the Herbie Hancock. Yes. You know what it kind of reminded me of? I don't know if you've seen it, Such, but Elaine from Seinfeld oh, yeah. with that twitchy dance. Yeah. That's kind of what it I just, oh, Amy. Oh, a oh. side by side of that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> well, I think Kamala Harris was there, too. She was hopping up and down like a screwball. Didn't know how to dance. No, no rhythm whatsoever. Hopping. You sound like my grandpa. Hopping up and down like a screwball. Yeah. <laughs> Did your parents dance? Were they dancers? No. No. Both of mine were, and my grandparents were. What, fam- the square dance deal? Um, my my grandparents here in town would go to the prom. Oh, boy. Every weekend. Sure. He could really cut a rug. Yeah. Well, plus that was great exercise. Yeah. <laughs> How about you and the CP? You guys yeah. cut a rug what once in a while? We have. I do a little dance. <laughs> do a little dance. Make a little love. Casey down tonight. See, music doesn't even bring us together. And music used to. Those disco years. That didn't bring me I together. Know, I, just, I knew I hit a hot button there. <laughs> I had to cover a Twins game at Comiskey Field. I think I was there when they blew up the field. Oh, come Oof. on. That wasn't against the Twins, though, was it? Uh, well, I was there shortly after because the field looked like it had been a World War One airstrike. Okay. It was, it was the, between... Uh, Steve and Gary? Yeah, it was Steve and Gary. Um, but it was between uh, double... It was a doubleheader deal. Yeah, it was disco night at Comiskey, and they blew... Something went wrong, and all the pyrotechnics ate up the sod. Disco demolition. Yeah. And it's funny that they used too much there because, if I remember right, Vec would routinely have a guy in that would blow himself up. Oh, yeah. That's well, what it was. Captain Dynamite. Captain yes. Dynamite. Yes. That's well, what he it was. appeared here, too. Yeah. July 12, 79, Comiskey Park. Uh, it was to be a twi-night doubleheader between the White Sox and the Tigers. Okay. Yeah, Tigers. Uh, but I wasn't there. Many of those in attendance had come to see the explosion <laughs> rather than the games and rushed onto the field after the detonation. The playing field was so damaged by the explosion and the fans that the White Sox were required to forfeit the second game to the Tigers. <laughs> And people still hate Steve Dahl for that. He's yes. literally my hero oh. uh, in, in radio. Just oh. love I love when Vec would come on with Pat and tell that story. That was just phenomenal. Yeah, but there was nothing like hearing it from Vec's old man. <laughs> oh, I bet not. I bet not. What an interesting cat he was. Oh, man. Well, I guarantee you we'll, we'll get emails from the GLers discussing what binds this country together. There, there's got to be something we're missing. 39 suspects arrested for disorderly conduct <laughs> what a great deal all right let's uh let's take a pause here. okay but first i want to tell you about the latest member of the garage logic family and that's 30 bales restaurant they are right on the corner of 11th and main street in downtown hopkins todd and tom they are the longtime owners of that spot and they're also huge fans of garage logic my wife and i took our boys there for dinner and you know what it was fantastic they did something spectacular they made everybody happy my wife, you know, she's the uh, the health conscious one. So she had the grilled salmon salad. It was phenomenal. The boys had the flatbed pre- pizzas, the mac and cheese, and uh, I had a uh, Deschutes fresh squeezed IPA. By the way, that was phenomenal because they have a great craft beer selection and the big blue bacon burger, Kenny. 
Four people. They made four people happy. How many people did we have around those tables we that had night on the patio? At least twenty, I know. And I'm pretty sure we all went away happy. It was phenomenal. They yeah. had that Hell nice yeah. patio that was out front there. Yeah. They accommodated our entire group after Royce's Hall of Fame induction. It was phenomenal. They had the mushroom toast. Uh Kenny had the mushrooms. I had uh the deep fried, the deep fried uh, deviled eggs that were fantastic. Woo! Their happy hour is really good. Three to six, Tuesday through fi- Friday. They are also a fantastic spot for lunch. Five dollar all tap beer during happy hour, by the way. Six dollar wines, three dollar select tall boys, and five dollar menu selections, walleye tacos, hand cut steak skewers, and uh por- pork sliders. As I mentioned, that giant patio that's out front. You can make a reservation right now, 952-930-0369, or check them out online right now at 30bales.com. They are a scratch Midwest kitchen, and they are a fantastic place for you and your family. It's the critically acclaimed 30 Bales restaurant in downtown Hopkins. Tell them Reavers from GL sent you. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Well, boys, I went to an auction last weekend. Hey, y'all. Here's Kenny. Are you going to get nuts again now and be all cranky and mad? (laughs) If you're lucky, I will. News from the Krabby Coffee Shop brought to you by the Coffee Grounds in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You can find them online at thecoffeegrounds.com. Get yourself the best fresh roasted coffee you have ever tasted. So this will be quick. I just want to kind of clear up some old business. Number one, uh, in reference to last week's Krabby Coffee Shop news and the advice for the Dumb Among Us segment where we talked about John Deere taking repairs out of the hands of farmers and and everyday people, um, there is in fact a huge faction out there that are researching and developing hacks so farmers can actually repair and service and reprogram sensors and sending units in their field or at their home. So if you do own a John Deere uh, combine or a giant tractor where it, where it literally, Joe, takes thousands of dollars to get the tractor from your farmyard to the dealership, there is now at least a, a future and hope for you with these hacks and with these companies that will help you out. So you can, in fact, install factory equipment and then reset the sensors. You just have to Google this stuff or go to YouTube. There's a lot of information out there. Number two, and this is the fun part, this auction I went to last weekend, uh, watch some heated bidding on a couple of really classic old hunting boats. And it's it's fun to see two people that really want some, and then one guy reaches his backing point and backs down. Uh, and both of these, these boats were both wood and aluminum. Uh, and it was fascinating, but the best part was running into my old pal, and I've mentioned him here before, Hey Belly. And hey sh- Belly! Shooting the, uh, <laughs> shooting the bleep with him, which I always do. Turns out he was in the Airborne in the early stages of the Korean conflict. Airborne, m'lady, airborne. <laughs> so I got talking to him. I asked him, you know, the, the typical how many jumps you make. And he was 15 or 16, and you ever get hurt? Nope, nope, just a few bruises. And I said, so you never broke a leg? He goes... No, but when I got home, the first thing I did was go to work for a farmer and then immediately broke my leg. <laughs> if you guys are from my part, of, there's, I've got a lot of listeners up there. And if, you're, if you know Hey Belly, slow down. Have a seat with him on the bench and talk to him for a while. He's 91 years old. He's 91? He's 91. 
And he has always been, in my lifetime, he's always been the coolest guy in town. He is so fun to talk to, and he gives you one of these. <laughs> he's got the best laugh in the whole wide world. And then, of course, number three, uh, and I might have to get rude here, but waterfall hunting season started last weekend in the rain. Uh, some people had tremendous success. Some people had limited success. For me and mine, none of your business. Huh. Don't even ask. I'm not talking to you about hunting. What I will talk to you about is the exciting news from the coffeegrounds.com over in Eau Claire. Now, in addition to the Krabby Coffee Shop blend and the GL blend, the coffeegrounds.com offering the Spoon Lake blend. I had it today. And the Johnny Hyde Guitar Blend. Johnny's Blend, it's a mix of dark roasted decaf. It's for those that have to drink decaf, or maybe you just love decaf. If your stupid doctor says no to caffeine, you can at least say yes to coffee. And your favorite, I'm calling it your favorite, if that's okay, the Spoon Lake Blend. Well, let me tell you what I did this morning. Ordered a a grinder. I've never owned a grinder. That means you're serious. I'm serious because from now on, I'm ordering from the coffee grounds. I'm not standing in line at Caribou. Right. Uh, Eric and Julie say it's bold enough, uh, bold notes that make it the perfect morning blend. Oh, it was wonderful. And they say it sits kind of right in between the CCS blend and the GL blend. And, in fact, that's what I have here in the office. So every day when I make a pot of coffee here in the office, uh, it's with the Spoon Lake blend. Coffee, beer, cigars, a full-service restaurant, Oktoberfest going on right now. Virtually everything a person could ever need to increase the joy of day-to-day life living. You might want to stop in and you actually might want to stay a few days. If you're rolling down 94 through Wisconsin, pop into the coffee grounds in Eau Claire. They're just a half a mile north of 94 on Southtown Drive. Say hi to Eric and Julie and thank them for being a part of our family. Uh, life life advice for the dumb among us. Um, and I, 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 I seriously don't want to be rude here, but then don't be, f- folks. If you're so thick-headed that you didn't get the bit, I'm going to explain it to you. I will not be serving coffee ever from this disgusting ghetto barge of mine ever, and I certainly, in a million years, would never charge somebody to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being so absurd that you would you would realize. Got a little it. feedback, did you? Well, yeah. I, I mean, please, folks, GLers, stop taking everything you hear as truth. Unclench. Have some fun in life. Grab a cup of coffee. Light up a stogie. Put your feet up and enjoy the absurdities of life. It's mostly what I do here. The Krabby Coffee Shop brought to you by thecoffeegrounds.com in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. You can order the best fresh roasted coffee you've ever tasted from thecoffeegrounds.com. I think we should step aside for a quick moment so that you can watch the released body cam footage that Mara Gottfried just put out on social media. I would love to. Thank you. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Well, we're all a bit taken aback. Uh, we just saw the released body cam footage from uh, uh, clearly the police officer had no choice. Ronald Davis, 31, was shot and killed after a confrontation with an officer just over a week ago. 
The release of the body camera video today is a bit unusual. Typically, body camera video is not released until an investigation is complete and prosecutors have decided whether the charges to file against the officers involved. Uh, Do you have the officer's name or you're withholding that? I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I have uh, it right Steve here. Steve Matson. It had to be Matson's worst nightmare. Yeah, you can tell it is. He He's, got rear-ended. Yep. He gets out of his car and he is immediately charged by Davis, who has a knife in his hand. He told him three repeatedly, times. Three drop times. the knife. It's a very difficult uh, video to watch. It's just, uh, that's a nightmare for Matson. Uh, clearly, this fellow was uh, bent on some sort of destruction, either the officer or himself. We don't know. But uh, if anyone has the audacity to protest this, they they're not they will have not watched the video. Well, Joe, when they had the protest, Monique Collars Doty, she organized that protest. Her this quote is the was, candlelight vigil the other night. Uh, correct. Yeah. So this is a reminder to the police that yes, Ronald's life mattered, but also to the community to keep them aware, saying, Okay, something here has happened, a man's life was taking taken, and it's not okay. Well, what would they have Matson do? Die? This is obviously before she saw this video, but I would imagine, uh, hopefully, this will uh, change her mind and she'll have some empathy for this poor police officer that was forced into that situation, but, uh, not by his own doing. And his language tells you how regret regrettable this was. Yeah. He, he was shocked. He didn't shocked. want to pull the trigger. He was shocked. He was distraught. He's thinking, are you kidding me? Well, And, and he rear-ended the squad car. I know. It, it, what could he have possibly been mad at? Uh, protesters say their focus is giving Davis's family a shoulder to lean on. They are angry. They are upset. They are hurt. And they said, we want some support and some help, Colors Doty said. And this is our response. Well... The decline of moral and ethical integrity has placed police officers in precarious situations. Mm -hmm. I don't know Matson. I don't know him either. Uh, but what the hell was he supposed to do? Uh, he did what all well, of four was, of us. He was defending himself. What the right? hell was he supposed to do? Yeah. And you know, here's the problem. Maybe, maybe the activists would prefer that the police are only uh, armed with knives then. Seeing that video, what is the justice for Ronald Davis? Because that in their protest, they had justice for Ronald Davis. There, there can't be any... I've heard people tell me, well, why don't they just shoot him in the knee? Are you kidding me? Oh, it's hard enough to shoot him as it is, much less pick out a kneecap. Yeah. And at one point, the officer was knocked down, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't... Because the suspect, well, if that's what we're calling him... He dropped the knife, then picked it back up, and then charged again at the officer. Yeah, and yeah. What made that percussive noise in the? It's the. It's, it's the, not gunshot. It's the microphone on him because he's screaming so loud and he's so close to the body cam. But the body camera microphone was picking up a per pow, 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 a percussive sure. it's, sound. It's like going. Oh, yeah. maybe that's it. Yeah. So every yeah. time his arm, if he's taking aim, his his arm might. You know, okay. hit it yeah. and knock it. Adjacent. There were two shots that were fired. Two. Two of them. Uh, Mara also, uh, Mara Godfrey, that is, also released Todd Axel's uh, statement that he read today. Would you please read it to us? In in its entirety? Well, or give it to me and I'll read it. Um, 
I, I hope Axel is exonerating his officer. Good afternoon. Thank you for being here today. For more than 30 years, I've built my career on a foundation of trust, truth, and transparency. That's not to say that I or any member of our department is perfect. When we make mistakes, the St. Paul Police Department has a proven record of taking responsibility. However, this is not one of those times. And while I recognize the trauma that has been caused by a history of policing practices throughout the country that have disproportionately affected communities of color, I also cannot stand by, I simply can't sleep at night knowing that a good officer and all of our officers are being assailed by people who don't have the facts. This video is difficult to watch, and my heart goes out to the family of Mr. Davis. I deeply understand that any time a loved one is lost, it's tragic regardless of the circumstances. The only solace I can take from this incident, this incident is that Officer Matson was not seriously injured or killed, but I know that his life will never be the same. I remain hopeful that quickly releasing this video will allow us to move forward with mature discourse about how such tragedies can be prevented in the future without having to wade through the waters of irresponsible accusations of murder, calculi calculated cries of injustice, and threats made against an officer who had no choice but to defend himself against an immediate and violent attack. Officer-involved shootings are serious and must be dissected and analyzed so that we can all understand and address their causes. Continuing to swim in a sea of lies and distorted facts will only keep us getting caught in the undertow of distrust. Wearing a badge does not automatically make you wrong any more than standing in the street with a megaphone automatically makes you right. I look forward to continuing to move forward together in good faith to achieve the outcomes we all desire. Uh, those are excellent remarks. This is a dreadful, dreadful situation. Yeah, it was real. I don't think I'll ever watch another body cam video again. No. Uh, that was seriously... This ain't television. Here's no, the, here's the problem. Disturbing. I just had a thought. as Because I when I was looking for this, I searched body cam. And then what popped up was the Dallas body cam footage that was also released today, Amber, uh, right. the Dallas police officer. Yep. The problem is these protesters are lumping all of these situations in together as one, That's where the point. Dallas police officer clearly did not act properly and shot a man inside of his own apartment. Yes, she should go to jail for doing that. Steve Matson didn't do that. This is a completely different situation. Matson stopped at Thomas and Griggs, and suddenly, for no reason, he's rear-ended. Mm -hmm. He gets out of his car, probably thinking, "What happened here?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to find out right, what happened. This is a crash, and he is instantly charged by this guy who was wielding a knife. What? And he's warning him, "Drop that." Essentially saying, what the hell are you doing? What's going on here? He did not come out with his gun out. No. His gun was still holstered, probably with the strap still on. The but guy he, was hijacked. He was, he was. Uh, what's the word I want? Carjacked or, no, uh, he was. Ambushed. Ambushed. He's ambushed. Not that I'm trying to give them any, any help here. You know what their comeback's going to be? He should have stayed in the car. No, that's why. That, that's, that's not his. No. I mean, he's sworn to no, serve. No, 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 no. The that's, protesters are going to say that. Oh yeah. Uh, no, what? Well, that's well, not. Well, that's <laughs> not his. He got no. out of the car to presumably he help somebody. Of course yeah. he did. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's no, what he should have done. But I'm saying that's what the protesters are going to come back with. He should have stayed in the car. You watch. I will bet you money that that's going to happen. 
is just a really, really sad situation for all everybody. Involved. And the fact that it's going to be politicized is equally disturbing. Yep. Absolutely, because it's I going really, to be. really feel for that family of that Davis guy, and I'm really sorry. Well, that he was he, married. Yeah, I mean, what is it's this? just so sad for everybody, and poor Officer Matson has to live with this. Oh my God! Listen to his language, which cannot be played on TV, and it's perfectly justifiable language in that situation. But he's he's gobsmacked. He's he's that's the word right there. He's shocked yeah. that this had to happen. Boy, it's going to be interesting to see the public reaction. I, I just don't know how you can turn against a, a cop in this situation when you see that video. And I don't think I'll ever watch another one. Well, yeah, I will. I will. I'll watch gonna another one. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. But that is something else. Well, because, unfortunately, they're going to continue to be... I mean, the body cams... In this case, the body cam saved all speculation. Yep. All speculation of what happened. Can that be? Well, I guess with editing, that'll be shown on the news, won't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, they'll just beep it out. Can you imagine living with that every day? You get, a, you know, come out of that meeting and crawl into your cruiser. I mean, look at the way we treat cops. We know, Rook. Right. What do we do? We get on them. We Give start them crap, right. making fun of them. <laughs> you know where I can find yeah. any horny cops in St. Paul? You just Move totally along. riding them and having a great time with them. But man. The balls it takes for these men and women to do this job. Oh, my goodness. I was talking with a St. Paul cop, I won't name him, recently, and he was talking about there was a live situation where he was in a situation where somebody, he had to he had to shoot a guy because they had a gun to somebody's head, and he, he said, i got to live with that every day. Oh. It's, it's, we're not, we're not oh. immune to it. It's, it's not as if they go eat spaghetti and meatballs and go home and everything's fine. They're replaying what could I have done differently. This is a sunny, late Sunday afternoon. The copper is stopped at an intersection just north of University. He gets rear-ended. He gets out of his car, quite clearly intending to discover what just took place here. And he is immediately rushed at by this assailant. Mm -hmm. It appeared to me that um, that Mr. Davis was... Out and running before Officer Matson had was even able had, to open the door. Yeah, yeah, because he was already coming at him, coming hard. Was Davis alone in the vehicle? Do we know? I don't know that because at the I end, that so. the, I believe so. At the tail end of the video, you hear Officer Matson saying, "Ma'am, get back." Well, there were people out in the street. That's what in I was. The neighborhood. It was a beautiful sunny day. That's what I'm getting at. As I wonder, you know, he even had the the presence of mind to start thinking about other people entering that crime scene. Does it make you think about brats? No. I'm There's no be, good way to. I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. It doesn't, does it? No. It, it does not. It does not. Let's it completely but switch gears here. That and talk you about brought it. it up. Hmm, I am thinking brats. I'm thinking Brunhoffers, smoked, old-fashioned. smoked salmon, yeah. basically, yeah. is what I'm thinking. I'm Pits thinking m- common sense is where exactly. Brunhoffers exactly. is full of common sense. Full of common sense. I uh, I was just earlier. Today, what I meant was, yeah, prior to the show. What I meant was, yes. It's hard to think about dinner right now. Right. Yes. Even but if me. you're going to, yep. Think about dinner. You think about Grunhoffers in Hugo. I do often. 
often is right on Highway 61, north end of Hugo. It. You can't miss it. It's the broad capital of the world. You have missed it. I, I can't miss it. I don't get lost anymore because I just bite the bullet and take Highway 96. And right. I don't even look for their address. I just look for the giant GL sign out front. I went to made a run the other day. It's fantastic. Uh, it's the GLers meat capital of the world. Let's talk about this pastrami. Was a, this was an inopportune time for me to try to do a commercial. I should have thought more. Pastrami? Yeah, they've okay. got You've already their started. homemade pastrami up there. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. You I didn't have slice any? Slice it up. I didn't know that because I Jerky, cheese, salami. Oh, my God. I love pastrami. Steak, oh, ham, a... thick-cut bacon, pork pot. Chuck roast. Chuck roast. Uh, and again, the recipe Tri-tip for beef, that. Huh? Chuck roast is I don't want your recipe for a that. A package of ranch and a package of gravy. I'm not buying And that. a stick of butter. That's way too much. Why don't you just put a... Like why, a you, attack, why doesn't Matthew? a tanker just pull up to your house and stick a hose in your arm and pump grease into you? I would, I'm would. i for that. Can, can Spencer do that, too? I think he could. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful treat. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, north end of Hugo on Highway 61 uh, for the rest of the... Uh, evening now, I'm going to be monitoring the newscast to see how this is handled. Uh, well, they have no they have no choice but to handle this. There is no protesting recourse to this, in my estimation. No, and there shouldn't be. You're right. What in God's name would you be protesting? Uh, everything was followed. And unfortunately, this man... This Mr. Davis had some issues. He had some anger issues, some some mental issues, a bunch of problems. I've got a bunch of black buddies, and I've had this conversation with all of them. Uh, D, what is it? DWB, driving while black. Yeah, DWB. And they've all they've all recanted or recited, I guess would be the right word, what they do in in the event of, of getting pulled over. And I've actually adopted their way. Uh, even though I'm a dumb cracker, middle-aged old man in a big farm truck, I do the same thing when I'm pulled over. And these guys taught me this. Windows down, all the windows down so they yep. can see in, both hands on the wheel. Don't be reaching for your driver's license. Don't be reaching for your insurance. Both hands on the wheel. So no matter what side the officer approaches the car from, they can see what's going on. You know what I do? Stand up through the sunroof and put my hands up. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, the reason I bring this up is because... That it it's I don't know if I should go this way, but it seems like he may no I shouldn't say it I shouldn't say he it. didn't know who hit him. I, I would say I was just going to say in defense of Matson, he he didn't jump out of his truck thinking he was his cruiser thinking he was attacked by a black guy. He didn't even know. He turned around and the guy was there in his face with a knife. Right. And I guess we shouldn't speculate about what Mister Davis's intent was. I'm not going to. But it's hard not to. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is what it is. You you run after a uh, a copper, you run after a copper, and boom, you're. I mean that the adrenaline's going up. Yeah. And because you had a knife in front of you. All right, we'll be right back. All right, guys. Let me before you start uh, chit chatting about more things, Garage Logic podcast. It's the rookie here. I've got some common sense for you, and it has to do with your next big event. Whether you're going to an event or whether you're putting on the event, if you're trying to raise some money, bring in big-time sports auctions to help you with your silent auction. Silent auctions are always key to a fundraiser, and Steve at Big Time Sports Auctions can set up an amazing display of -of one-of-a-kind items that's going to bring money in for your group. 
They work with all kinds of groups, churches, schools, etc. Whatever the event, Big Time Sports Auction is going to help you raise money by setting up the silent auction, and they do everything, and I mean every single thing. They bring out the items. They set them all up with the bid sheets. They'll even collect the money if you want, and that is Big Time Sports Auctions. That's their calling card. They take a little percentage of what the items sell for your group, and you keep the rest. Matt Burke uses them. A whole bunch of other great people use them, and I think you should too. Whether it's a school or church fundraiser or maybe at work, call Steve at Big Time Sports Auctions. Here's the number, 612-718-3629. It is a flawless system, and you'll realize that once you use them. He'll customize a set of items, entertainment, sports, whatever the case may be. Your next fundraiser, use BTS Auctions. Where are they online? BTSauctions.com, 612-718-3629, BTSauctions.com. Brah? Senator Bernie Sanders today, we'll get into a little of this tomorrow too. Senator Bernie Sanders today unveiled a massive tax on the wealthiest Americans that aims to diminish income inequality. Uh, a central theme of his campaign and at least begin to finance steep price tags for the numerous government programs the Democratic presidential candidate is prospering. Wait for it. There's a good line coming up. Okay. The release of the independent senator from Vermont's tax on extreme wealth follows a similar plan from one of his top rivals, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Quote, there should be no billionaires, Bernie said. We are going to tax their extreme wealth and invest in working people. Because people who are billionaires don't have never worked. Right. They've been sprinkled with magic fairy dust. <laughs> Sanders said on Twitter as he urged supporters to read his new plan, his campaign also sent an email with the subject line, billionaires should not exist. Oh, my I'll, I'll save that. I want to get more into that tomorrow. Oh, oh my God. The ignorance in that man's head. But he doesn't even believe uh, it. It's this pandering. <laughs> no, That's he believes all... it. He's a commie. Well, I suppose he probably does. I know two or three billionaires peripherally. As do I. Peripherally. And I got news for you. They've worked. Right. <laughs> Harder than I ever They've have. You know, they... what else, you know what else billionaires do that will never get acknowledged by the likes of Bernie Sanders? They take extraordinary risks. Yes. They push all their chips to the middle yes. of the table sometimes. Yes. And they yes. take risks that would, would have the rest of us cowering in fear. Oh, my goodness. How do you think they got there, Bernie, you dumb Bernie? Careful. It's so amazing. I could never shoulder that kind of pressure. And they, like you said, all in. Yeah, all in. The it's risk. all or nothing. I know a guy and here that's taken a risk that's unbelievable. And the amount of people and families that they support because you know because they're employers. Okay, one more paragraph, and then oh. we'll we'll wrap it up. Sanders' plan, if enacted into law, would place a one percent tax on a net worth over thirty-two mil. A 2% tax on a net worth between 50 mil and 250 mil, a 3% tax on net worth between 250 and 500 mil, and the proposed Sanders tax would increase to 4% on net worth from 500 mil to a bill, 5% for net worth from a bill to 2.5 bill, and ultimately reach 8% for wealth over 10 billion. Okay, I'll stop right there. But do you see the danger in that? If you go down that road and it's 1% tax and a net worth over $32 million, it won't be long before it's a 1% tax and a net worth over right. 
Yeah. 15 right. million. We'll get right. nibbled to death. You're going to get nibbled to death. The entire country will take a pay cut because of this. Exactly. We'll, we'll, well, well, he cannot be, get elected. We'll all be making less money. He cannot get elected. He's got as much chance as we do of getting elected. Do you think Bernie watched too much Scrooge McDuff? Yes. He thinks the millionaires are diving into silos of cash yes. and, and rubbing money all over their neck. Two get questions. This. My first is for Senator Sanders. I couldn't have the question. Yeah, I didn't ask it yet, Bernie. You've been pretty vague in the past, but how exactly are you going to break up the big banks? You mean a big bank breakup? Yeah, a big bank breakup. Yeah, break them up! <laughs> get this. He said the plan would impact 180,000 households and would raise $4.35 trillion in government revenue by the 2028 budget year. So that would raise $4.35 trillion that he would then further spend on government programs that will increase the nation's debt. Yep. That's a good one, Bern. Good one, Bernie. You dummy. So he'll, he'll give the government more money, and he'll take more money away from all of us blue-collar folk, all of us people in the middle. <laughs> what a don't forget the uh, Don't forget the uh, exceptional diamond event at the Edina RF Molar store this Thursday, September 26th through Saturday, September 28th, 10 to 50% off all the diamonds in the store. Fantastic. Those molar events don't happen often. You know what this makes me think of? Frat! Fratalonis. Oh, yeah. Are you going to plant a rose bush for next year? What is wrong with you? The one I planted this year is thriving. I'm not I'm not joking. What about your mums? Uh, I do have mums from Fratelloni's, and this is the time to buy mums. <laughs> I need new Dremel tool stuff, and they've got a great Dremel tool department. Do you have any mums? No, I don't do your mums, you... you got to wake up. Gonna, I am going to flog you with mums. <laughs> Sounds very kinky. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Uh, if you want more, you can. You can do it 24-7. GarageLogic.com. GarageLogic.com. Rate us on iTunes. We'll catch you next time.